Hey, we're so glad you're here. I mean that. I have met so many new people uh, this weekend already. Uh, CSU's kicking back in and people are getting settled in for the fall and we're just enjoying every bit of it. So if you're new, uh, we just welcome you. We're just a big old family at Timberline and we often say we're a really fun church with a really serious mission and that's kind of how we are labeled and so we we really know that there are many Bible-believing churches here in northern Colorado. We partner with those churches. We're, we're a part of that. But we really do welcome you. Make yourself at home. And uh, if you are new and you want to know more, there's a, a card in, in the chair back in front of you somewhere. You can find one of these. It has a QR code on it. Just put your phone on there. And uh, it'll lead you to all things Timberline, our website. Uh, it's a contact card where you can fill this information out turn it in at guest services, and tell us what you need. You know, some people just come to church to hide. They don't want to get involved. But uh, others really have needs, and we can help you. We pray every week. We type all these prayer needs up, and we pray earnestly for those needs. So God bless you. Thank you for being. I've got some cousins in here, I think, somewhere, and I'm trying to find you guys. Where are the Timses? Hey, hi, guys. This is Paul and Billy Timms, and their family and friends right here. Hey, yeah, just welcome them. Trudy's here. Um, I, uh, you know when I talk about my grandma and grandpa on the farm in Howard, Kansas? You guys know all the stories I have? Those were the troublemakers. Those were the guys. They shot stuff up. Oh, am I allowed to say that? I guess I, I'm not. But, but man, they, they taught me how to, how to, well, we won't even get into that. But uh, we're so glad you're here. I mean it. It's, I can't wait. We're going to have lunch later. And, and party, the party begins. So we're, we're, we're really excited to hang out with you guys a little bit. I, um, I just want to say this Saturday we have our car show. I mean, if you like cars, don't miss this Saturday from like 9 to noon out here in the parking lot. We've got all kinds of cars, really cool cars. And bring the kids. We have bouncing houses and food and barbecues and all that stuff. So uh, come on by. Bring the grandkids. We're going to have a great time. Kick the tires. No, don't kick the tires. Some people will kick you back if you kick their tires, so do not kick the tires, but it's going to be fun. Hey, we're in a series. Um, if you're new around here, we're, we're going through the book of Mark, verse by verse, and <laughs> that's a challenge because as a pastor, this is one of those passages that it would be easy to just kind of pass over because it's about demon possession. Go, ooh, yeah. And so, you know, because we don't see a lot of demon possession, uh, I mean, some of your kids, I've seen it in your kids, but that's about it, really. <laughs> we don't see a lot of that uh, in our culture, especially here in America. It's still, it still exists, obviously. But it was, it was prevalent in, in the New Testament, and Jesus dealt with it, and this is one of those stories. And so they stuck me on this weekend, to deal with this. Pastor Jeff should have been here, but uh, I'm here. But, but we're going to talk about, I'm just kidding about all that. It's really a powerful story, and we're going we're gonna to enjoy looking at it. So I want to start with a question. You ready? Did you bring your brain? Okay, we work when we look at the, the word, so pay attention and get in, into it. Um, what would you say, if someone asked you, would be the biggest thing in your life that controls you? What controls you? What makes you do what you do? Don't look at your spouse. 
<laughs> some of you. I, I've been doing a lot of research. Obviously, I get to, to take some time to study this stuff out. And um, Seven controlling factors in human beings come to the top of the list in so many surveys. So this is not a part of your outline, but I'm going to tell you the seven. And that doesn't matter if you write them down or not. It's just some thought processes for you. Some of these I would expect. Now, I'm not talking about addiction control, like, you know, yeah, I'm an alcoholic. Well, yeah, that's going to control you. But there are a lot of other things that, that might control you that you wouldn't put on the list. How about money? That's on the list. These are not in a priority like this one's number one, this one's number two. It's just all seven come up in the surveys. Money is important. Um, people who, who don't have enough money really suffer and, and, and need, need to get help, and they're constantly trying to get more money. People who have a lot of money, they, they get asked by a lot of people who don't have money to give them money, and so they have their own. If you work for yourself, you've got a big challenge because you've got employees that might not want to work the way you work, and if you work for someone else, you've got to work for them, and then they make all the money, and it just goes on and on. But control is a big part of, of money. Another one is uh, food. Food can control us. Now, I gotta tell you, how many of you have to eat? God, God made us as people who eat. So this is not a bad thing, it's just at what level is this gonna control my life? And so I have to pay attention to what I eat. Politics was on the list. And man, if you let politics control you, that's a sad one, but there are people they cannot have a discussion with somebody without bringing up politics and their view. And isn't it ironic that they always want you to know their view? They don't ask you about your view? Relationships is another one, which makes sense because that's probably some of the most important things in our life. All relationships, you know, from parents to grandkids to kids to spouse to friends, neighbors. I mean, you talk about Anybody ever have a controlling neighbor? You know, I mean, those HOA meetings, whoo, they're real. Uh, let, me, let me give you another one that's on the list. Uh, there's only three more. One of them is work because, you know, you, you feel like you have to go to work. Someone else is controlling you. But there were two on the list that kind of surprised me, and they kept popping up. One was weight, like body weight that so many people feel like they are controlled by the weight of their body. And I just say, throw the scales away, and you'll never know, right? <laughs> I had someone after, after the last service said that they have a scale that when you get on it, it tells you how much you weigh. And then if it's more than your goal you set on there, it says, oh. <laughs> not really, not really, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But it does tell you what you say. And the other one's connected to that, possibly. But you know what the last one was? Appearance. Appearance. That people are controlled by how they appear to other people. We all have glitches. We all have things we wish we could change or wish were, were different. But, boy, I'm not sure that appearance should be something that controls our life. Do you? All these are for your consideration. But the story today has a little boy who is being controlled by a demon. And I want us to look at that story and I want us to talk about 
how God wants to bring deliverance to our lives by the things that control us. On the outset, I'm gonna say this. I don't believe anybody in here is demon-possessed, and I'm not trying to connect demon possession to other things that control us, because I don't think it is connected. But I will tell you this. The Bible says that Satan has come to steal and destroy. But Jesus has come to give us life, to set us free, and free indeed, and all that. So, so we need to understand that it's okay to talk about oppression. Can Christians be oppressed? Can Christians become depressed or discouraged or fearful or anxious or paranoid? Go like this. Yeah. And I think God wants to heal some people today from some of these things. I really do. Number one in your outline, if you have the app and you're following along, it'll be on the screen as well. Will you welcome Jesus? This story starts out with a really cool picture of like Jesus walking in and everyone's so excited. Now, we're in Mark chapter nine. We have looked at every verse in the book of Mark. If you wanna go back to the beginning and catch up if you're new here. But we're in Mark nine, verse 14 and following. It says this, when they return from uh, to the other disciples, this is the next verse after last week where we dropped it off. They saw a large crowd surrounding them and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. Is this a new picture? No, we've been dealing with this for almost every week. We've got Pharisees, Sadducees, teachers of the law, scribes, the religious arm arguing with the disciples, arguing with the common folks, arguing with Jesus, that's what religion does without the freedom of Jesus Christ, amen? Don't do it. If you're trapped in that, get out. And here's what happens. When the crowd, I love this verse. And it, just, it usually is one of those verses you just keep reading, but we need to just stop for a second. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him. It's just like this breath of fresh air. It's like, Here's all the debate, the politics, the war zone, we're arguing, theology. Oh, there's Jesus. <sighs> Hi! Man, I wish America could run back to Jesus. I wish the people who were stuck could run to Jesus. I wish there would be a way we could get his words and his truth deep down in the hearts of mankind. That's worth running to. And then he says, what is all this arguing about? I, uh, I'm longing for the day when people can really hear the voice of Jesus because I think that's gonna make the world an amazing place. His voice, if you listen to it, will guide your life it will strengthen you and it will be a provision for you in hard decisions, I promise. Chase him, follow him, go to where he is, read his words in scripture, read his philosophy about life, put Jesus at the forefront of your goals for how you wanna model your life and who you wanna model it after. Number two in your outline, identify your need. Now this one, this one the text changes and moves into verse 17, and there's someone who pops up out of that crowd of people who is happy to see Jesus. One of the men in the crowd, verse 17, he spoke up and he said, teacher, 
I, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever his spirit, the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. And then he foams at the mouth and he grinds his teeth. He becomes rigid. So I ask your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. First thing I want you to just please appreciate, this is a desperate dad who loves his son. Bonnie and I have three kids, and I'm telling you, if you mess with my kids or grandkids, I'll move my nice Christianity away for just a moment. <laughs> this is a dad, I just, as a dad, my heart just, man, I'm not kidding, I have a lot of feeling when I see this dad coming to Jesus and saying, man, I don't know what to do. This is beyond my ability. This is way out of my reach, and I need some help. And you know what I love about this dad? He doesn't sugarcoat anything. He doesn't come to Jesus and say, yeah, my boy's having a couple problems. No big deal. We'll get it worked out in time. Just like we do sometimes when we come to God. Oh, I drink a little, or you know, I gamble some. Um, it's not a big deal. It's not any big, you know, I lost my half my year's wage last year, but, you know, I'll, I'll win it back. Um, most of these drugs are legal. My sexual desires are normal. According to who? According to what? The, everything's normal. Right? So what does the Bible say about sexual desires? Where, where am I? With that, um, help from God usually can only come when I'm honest and I'm truthful. And this dad says, this son of mine is out of control and demon-possessed and I need your help. That's why if you've ever been to an AA meeting, and I've, I've been to a lot of them just to support people getting pins and stuff, and whoever it is talking, they stand up, they say, hi, I'm Derry and I'm an alcoholic. A lot of Christians go, oh, you shouldn't admit that. You're a new creation. You're the son of God. You're... They miss the point. The point is to recognize that I need help. And if you can't get to that point, then you really need help. Because if you are living in la-la land about your problem, your challenge, your weakness, your tendency, and you just think it's going to go away, you're wrong. Deal with it today. Let's deal with it today. Let's pray through this thing. Bring it to God. Well, I love it. I have people every weekend around here that come and say, yeah, I've been an addict for this many years, and I've been clean and sober for five days, and I've started this new thing, and I'm two years in. I'm five years sober. Show me their pen that, you know, that they got. And I'm like, it's just so cool. It's so, this, this place up here, it has had so many drugs laid on it and 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 connection to addiction people have brought stuff up here they hand me stuff i'm like give that to someone else i don't want to be caught with that god can set us free it's real number three 
Jesus knows your potential. Now, now here's one of the points that you need to work with me a little bit and see a different perspective. You remember a couple weeks ago when I was talking to you about the text where it seemed like Jesus was in a bad mood? Do you guys remember that? He was grumpy and he was saying mean things like, man, you guys don't get it. Are you an idiot? You know, I mean, he, I, he's still God, so no disrespect, but man, he came across strong. This, this happens again right here. And I think there's a different reason, though. Let me, let me just go for, for it. Verse 19. So after all of this, you know, the disciples couldn't cast the devil out. So Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Does that sound a little grumpy? Yeah, it does. <laughs> how, how can you say it's not grumpy? You just read it for itself. Here's what I think. I think Jesus has something of a disappointment in his mind when he sees this father who has brought this boy to the disciples and those disciples didn't realize that they had been given the power to cast this devil out of this boy. That's why he says, how long must I be with you? You've got this. You have been empowered. You have me. You have my spirit. And I think God so many times, he empowers us. He gives us gifts, but we don't recognize it. And we go everywhere else for a solution except for the spirit of God. And I think he's saying, man, I, I just don't know if I can handle this much longer. You guys don't get it. I've given you everything you need. Their lack of faith gets to Jesus. This is real. I, uh, I think that self-image thing and your self-talk and who you believe you are versus who you really are, it can, it can wipe you out from praying big prayers. It can just wipe you out. Well, I know God's not gonna do it, but I'm supposed to pray it. What is that? I, I love movies where <laughs> there's, there's so many of them. Think of one of your favorite movies right now that is like a coach who's given his pep talk to the team. Can you think of one? You know, they're in the locker room and he's like ranting and raving, you can do this. Or, or the skater and the coach comes aside, you know, and says this is on you, you've practiced, you've put your whole year, year into this or your life into this, you've got this. You know, I, I always think of like movies like Rocky Balboa. Dun, 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 you know, and he's, he's going up the stairs. He's just going, and you're just watching, and he gets up to the top, and he starts doing this dance, and you're like, i got to get out of this theater and find some stairs. I want to run. And after a few steps, you're like, let's go back to the movie. Right. God is saying, you've got this. It's, it's why I sent Jesus, and it's why Jesus said the Spirit is going to stay here and walk beside you. He's going to partner with you. He's going to be right here, right here. You're not alone. Number four. Before I read number four, I just want to say, God is your greatest cheerleader. He is but you've got to hear him. When you can't hear him from the sideline, it's lonely out on the field. And our minds do everything 
in our self-talk to block out the best voices and we choose to listen to the lowest and least voices. We need healing today not to do that. Number four, be specific and honest about your need. I mentioned this once already in the identify Find your need, you know, don't sugarcoat it. But even this is a little different. He gets real specific. The father really gets specific. And, and here's what it says in verse 20. It says, so I don't know where the boy was. I don't know if he was off on the side because he can't function in a group. But it says, so they brought the boy. So something is happening. The crowd is parting and the boy is coming up. And, and when the evil spirit saw Jesus... It threw the child into a violent convulsion. And he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. I mean, this is scary. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. And he replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water trying to kill him. Can you imagine that? And then this father says, have mercy on us and Help us, and then these three words. If you can. It's like no one can. I can't. Family can't. Your disciples can't. Our world is filled with can'ts or won'ts. It's hard. I'm I'm not minimizing your need. I'm just telling you it's hard. This guy has a hard time believing that Jesus can but he still came to Jesus honestly. I love that about him. Bring the truth to God. Bring the truth to him. You don't have to fake anything about your faith or lack of it. Just bring yourself. He knows. We're gonna have a prayer time here in just a few minutes. And we often do this, if you've been around Timberline for years, you know that we use these walls, we call it going to the wall. And I'm going to give specific instructions for some of you who need to go to the wall today. And then we're going to anoint you with oil. That's what the Bible says to do. It's not magic oil. It just, the Bible just says anoint with oil and pray the prayer of faith. And for sick people, people who have needs. So that's, that's what we're going to do. Out of obedience. The spirit is a symbol. But I want you to be thinking about if you can walk to the wall today because you've identified something that's controlling you that you don't want to have controlling you anymore. Or possibly you're a dad or a mom or a grandparent and you've got a son who needs you to stand in the gap for them. We're going we're to invite you too. Very, very important. Number five, I've got to be honest about my faith. I've got to be honest about my faith. Now, this, this, these two verses... Jesus, Jesus says something and then the man says something. So first of all, let's start with what Jesus, remember he's just said, if you can, if you can. And Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? He's trying to get his head around where this guy's faith is. He knows he's God. Does Jesus know he's God? Does Jesus know he's gonna heal this boy? Yes, so to him he's saying, did you just say, if I can, I'm God. I'm the Messiah. But that's, that's where this man was. And, and Jesus asked, I mean, he asked him that, and then he says, 
anything is possible if a person believes. Is that true? Like how hard do I have to believe? We're gonna talk about that because this is a big theological trick from our enemy. The father instantly cried out, and that what this means is it, he almost interrupted Jesus. When Jesus said, what do you mean if I can? Nothing's impossible. And the father just says, oh, 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 I, I do believe, I do believe. In other words, don't, don't, don't misunderstand me, I do believe. And then and he thinks for a second, and he's super honest, and he says, but help me overcome my unbelief. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I'm in, I think I am. Powerful. That's a picture of us. I believe, I believe, I believe. I believe, I want, I want this so bad. Lord, help my unbelief. I've been praying all week, knowing this was coming this weekend. God, help my unbelief. You know where it is. You know the pockets of doubt. You know where I live. You know the times I've prayed and nothing has happened and it taints my ability to pray in faith. I get all that. What do I need to do? Again, remember, this is about the desperate cry of a dad for his son. He's not pleading for himself. And he's working so hard to get it right. And that's what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to believe that all the pressure's on us. And we have to make it happen. I'm gonna tell you this really clearly. Only God can heal. You do not have the power to conjure up enough faith to heal somebody to push cancer out of their body. Help my unbelief. Number six, deliverance comes from God. Deliverance comes from God. So, so Jesus is gonna do this amazing thing. When Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers that it was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Now look how specific he is. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said, I command you, to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed, threw the boy into another violent convulsion and, and then left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he is dead. Now this is, who knows how big this crowd is, but this had to take long enough that it wasn't just a few seconds that this boy was laying there, right? People were saying, if it's gonna go through the whole crowd, I think he's dead. He's not moving. But Jesus took him by the hand, helped him to his feet, and he stood up. And it doesn't say it in the Bible, but I had to stop in my study time this week and just say, I think there's a dad Standing over here with sobbing, just sobbing. God wants to be your deliverer, your helper, your healer. And it's only he who can do it. Now here's where the theology gets twisted. In the kind of name it, claim it scenario and I can understand that theology where you pray hard enough let's just let's just end with this number seven in your outline the power of prayer gets confusing 
Verse 28 says, afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house. Okay, so the drama's over. He's with his disciples. And they came and they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And Jesus says one little simple sentence. I wish it was expanded. This kind can be cast out only through prayer. Does that, answer, does that really answer the question? Like, if I'm a disciple, am I going to go, oh. We prayed. Hello. So what, what has to be happening here? Something more has to be happening here. Does this mean that I pray longer? Does it mean I pray harder? That I grip my teeth and I... Or, or like I grew up in a Pentecostal church, um, I pray louder. How many of you know praying louder does it? You know, it's in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus! You know, it's like, how loud can I say this? It's none of that. It's lining up my life with the appetites of God and living a life of prayer without ceasing in my daily grind that I have the faith to recognize how to pray in the will of God. Most of our prayers are for ourselves. Most of our prayers are self-serving. And we have no discernment about how to really pray and why and what the motive is of our prayer. And that's been my prayer all week is, Lord, when we pray today, help us to pray in your will, your timing, your plan over people who will submit to you first. Because not every prayer should be take it away. You might pray a prayer that says, as I go through this cancer treatment, put the people around me that need the light of God. But people don't like to pray that prayer. But I believe you can discern and you can walk in obedience. And here's the thing, you can have peace even in the storm. You can have peace even when your prayer isn't answered the way you want it to be. It might be because God says no. It might be because God says wait. You don't really always know. In these human bodies, we don't always know. We can't always get it right. But here's what we can do. We can pray. We can do what the Bible says to do, and that is to pray. So we're gonna, we're gonna pray. Would you stand with me, please, if you're able? I wanna give some instruction about this. We have... A lot of prayer team members and deacons and pastors who are ready to help us anoint with oil. Here's, here's the deal. Not all of you should, should go to the wall, so I'm not suggesting that it's everybody in the room, but I, I want you to ask this question. Is there something that I really know is controlling my life that I need to bring to God and I'm gonna trust him today and I'm gonna be anointed with oil and I'm gonna leave it at this altar? Whatever it is. It, may, it might be for your, your kids or grandkids. I get that. It might be that you're interceding for them, like this, this whole story. But I'm gonna ask those of you, somewhere in about half of this section right here, if you wanna come to be prayed for, would you come to the middle aisle and just stand on the end of the aisle? If you guys from about half of yours would come to the middle aisle, 
that would be great. That would help us, or up to the front. And then those of you from that half and those of you from this half, would you come to that aisle? And same over here. Like, if you're on the end over here, just step into that aisle you're in. Same with you guys, that aisle. And then those of you who are on the outskirts, go to the wall. And if you know God is just knocking on your heart, here's what we're going to do. We're going to anoint you with oil. The minute we start going, you're going to have people that just start anointing you right here on your forehead. If you do not want to be anointed on your forehead, hold out a hand, and they'll just anoint you on your hand. Again, it's not a magic oil. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit who's going to do the work as we pray. And then those of you who don't go to the wall today, you're going to be my prayer partners as we pray for these who, who are believing God for a miracle. So as we sing this song, I invite you now to go and stand and wait and be anointed with oil. Go now. come forward or stepped out that has not been anointed with oil that would like to be would you just wave your hand at me I don't want to miss you right up here in the front if you could come up here with oil and anoint anyone else on this side as I look anyone over here right over here okay right over here you guys with oil just keep your hand up if you don't mind keep your hand up right here and right over here thank you if you could come right over here yeah thank you for keeping your hand up just for a second we're gonna pray we're going to believe God for whatever it is. We have a good, good father. <laughs> Trust him. Trust him, okay? Heavenly Father, by faith we come, knowing you are a God who heals, who delivers, who pushes out blood diseases and cancers and tumors. You're a God who can take those life-controlling issues, even the things that might be fear or paranoia or depression or discouragement. They don't have to control me. Just say that. Lord, I know these don't have to control me. 
And I'm giving this to you now. I'm trusting you. You are God. And Lord, I pray, help my unbelief. As we stand here together as a church, as a family, we trust you. And we pray in the mighty name of Jesus, not our name, not our doing, not anything about us, but we pray in that name of Jesus who delivers, who heals, who casts out evil and comforts and loves and encourages. Those online right now, some of you are standing right now, I just pray for you that God will touch you and give you deliverance. God, we pray for our kids and grandkids that we're standing here for, that you will absolutely bring deliverance to their lives, that you will be God in them, that you will reach them. We love you and we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Would you say thank you to God with me right now? Just thank you, God. We love you. Amen. All right, let's sing it one more time and come back to your seats. I have one last thing we're going to wrap up with. You are perfect in all of your ways. You're perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. It's who you are. You are perfect in all of your ways. You're perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. It's who Uh, I want to leave you with this thought. When you stepped out, those of you that did, it, I think this is very important. When you walk out of here today, I want you to remind yourself over and over this week, I trusted God with this. I have given this to God. And no matter what Satan tries to bring on you and the battles that you're going to have, I just want you to remind him, I brought this to God. That's the place I'm going to leave it. I trust God. Just make that declaration over and over this week and let your self-talk say it for real. I trust God because he is a really good God. I love you guys. I'm proud of you. I love being in this with you. I'm praying for you. We're agreeing together. And let's believe God for mighty things in our future. And let's believe him for our city. God wants to do great things. Let love live. That's kind of our whole deal. And we say it often. Thanks for giving in your regular offering. Um, there's a box back there if you want to give cash or check. But don't forget to look online and, and support the ministries of our church. Let love live is the theme. So let's say it together. Ready? Let, Let love, love live. If you're new, go buy guest services out there. We'd love to meet you. Have a great weekend. Love you guys. Bye-bye.